If you take a copy of God's Word, turn to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, found in the New Testament, just after First and Second Corinthians, and we'll be looking at chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Before we turn our attention there, if you would pray with me. Father, here we are, gathered as your people. We would ask, as we just sang, that you would set us apart for your service, for your glory. Spirit, we would ask that you would come and and fill us even now. As we turn to your word, as we come to the fountain of living water, the bread of life. Your truth which sanctifies. And so Lord, we ask that you would speak to us now. That you would indeed mold us and shape us more and more into the image of your son Jesus. That we might glorify you. That we might grow in your grace. That we might be used by you for the advancement of your kingdom and the salvation of souls and, Father, ultimately, for the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In our study of Ephesians over these last months, we've seen how the gospel, the riches of God's grace, the treasury of his grace poured out upon sinners like you and me through the life and and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and by the power of His Spirit at work in us brings us into a life-giving union with God through Christ and with one another in the body of Christ, the church, that transforms who we are and how we live together in all our relationships in the church, in society, and, and at, the, at the base level in our families. And we've been looking over the last several weeks at how God's grace and truth particularly impacts the the primary relationship in the family between husbands and wives in marriages that are are rooted in spirit-filled grace, that are lived out as a beautiful portrayal of Christ's loving relationship with His bride, the church. And just as God gave the institution of marriage as a picture of the covenant relationship of of love and faithfulness between Christ and His church, so God has blessed children with parents and parents with children in order that we might see and understand and, and experience His care and concern for us as our Heavenly Father. And also how we are to respond to Him in loving obedience and honor as His children. And so so we expand our understanding of the family as a living parable of what it means to belong to the family of God by looking at what Paul says now to children and to parents in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. And so again, if you will turn with me there in Ephesians 6, it's in, I believe, page 979 in the the Bible's underneath the seatbacks in front of you if you need one of those. And let's give heed to, to God's Word as, as I read it for us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is God's word. May he add his blessing to the reading and now the teaching of it. My wife, Kathy, and I became parents almost 30 years ago. And I kid you not when I say that I was utterly taken by surprise when she first told me that she was gonna, we were going to have a baby. I was totally shocked. And I was utterly unprepared. My first thought was, how are we going to do this? <laughs> how am I going to do this? How am I going to be a father to a little one? And I began immediately to read everything I could get my hands on about being a father and being a parent. I thought, surely there's got to be an instruction manual. And there are plenty that have been written by various people. Some of them good, not all of them good. And I have a stack of them. If you need to borrow books on parenting or fathering, just ask me. I probably have it in my library. And just when I thought I had it down, we had another child. And he was different than the first and then we had another and another, and each had unique gifts, and each had presented unique challenges. And we continued to ask, how do we do this? How do we do this? Some of you are probably feeling that right now, particularly if you have really young ones. And as you hear this passage, this this uh, instruction of, of God through Paul to, to children and parents, you might, your first reaction might be a bit of disappointment. I mean, you're thinking, is this it? Is that all there is? Here's the most basic, the most, in some ways, complete passage on parenting in the Bible, and it's one verse, and it's spoken to one parent. Surely there's more, and indeed there are other verses in Scripture. But Paul here is, is laying out the basics. He is, he is giving the foundation, if you will, the blueprint, the building blocks of the home. And while the specific applications in these cases may vary in different contexts, and even from child to child, the basic instructions to children and parents are pretty straightforward. <laughs> And they're filled with profound wisdom and truth. And Paul begins with instructions to children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, for those of us who are parents, if you're like me, this is probably the first verse that you began to teach your kids. All four of our boys learned this verse in a song from the moment they were able to sing. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. You know that one? If not, I can teach it to you. Uh, my kids can probably teach it to you. They heard it quoted from me countless times. As far as our kids knew, this verse summed up the law and the prophets. Just as husbands have the command for their wives down pat, wives have the commands for husbands 
down pat. We as parents have the commands for our children down pat, don't we? Let me ask you to raise your hand here this morning if you are a child of a parent somewhere or at some time. If you're not raising your hand, you need to come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> Every one of us here is. Not all of us are wives or husbands or parents, but all of us here are or have been children of parents. And like it or not, even as adults, we have to admit that the relationship between us and our parents is one which has profound impact on our lives, including how we relate to our own children if God has given them to us. The parent-child relationship has such a shaping effect on us that even as adults, we need, to, we need to recover through the gospel of grace, the biblical ideal for how we are to, to live in that relationship with our parents. And so Paul sets the command for children to obey their parents in the context of, of the fifth commandment which he quotes saying, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. In other words, a, a child's obedience to his or her parents during those younger growing years is simply the proper expression during those years of the broader command for all children, both young and old, to honor their father and their mother. If we want to guide our families in the way of grace, if we want to experience the divine blessing which God has for us and, and through us to one another in Christ, then we need to give serious consideration to this command to honor our parents, which God deemed foundational. He deemed it important enough to include in the summary of His moral law in the Ten Commandments. Now, for some here, raised with perhaps loving, godly, caring parents, that may seem like no big deal. But for others, and my guess is for some and maybe many of you here, unfortunately, those words may kind of ring empty. Many people today grow up not really knowing one or even both of their parents. Some are so embittered by a poor relationship with their father or mother that they can only think of blaming, not honoring them. Perhaps your relationship with your parents is so or distant or so carries with it such negative images or painful experiences that it is, it is hurtful, it's painful even to think about this subject. Or maybe like many of us caught up in the busyness of life, it's easy to simply forget or to, to fail to take time to, to think about mom or dad. If that's the case for you, let me just encourage you to ask God to open your heart to His Word and to His grace, which even in the midst of, of broken and hard and bitter relationships can bring reconciliation and healing, can bring to, to the past and bring restoration and hope to the future. So what does it mean to honor our parents? Well, the word means to attribute high status, to ascribe worth and respect to someone Parents are worthy of such honor and respect from their children because of their appointed authority from God. God designed the family as the basic building block from which all other, uh, other communities are constructed. And He endowed parents with the necessary authority for the family to develop and to function properly as, as He created it. 
And what that means is that, that moms and dads, parents, you stand in place of, but not, not instead of, but as a representative of, in, 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 in place of God as His representative towards your children. Ideally, it's in the family and, and from fathers and mothers that, that children are taught the rule of law. They're taught submission and accountability to authority. They're taught the importance of justice and the extending of mercy. They're taught the practice of love, the necessity of truth and grace. Ideally, it's from their parents where they're learning the meaning of love and respect and, and mercy and grace and discipline. And God throughout His history has, has purposed that it's the uh, that purpose that it be primarily through the family, primarily from parents to children, passing along the teachings of His Word and His character and His covenant love and faithfulness from generation to generation. And notice I said primarily because even where parents fail, God's grace often triumphs. But children come to know, they come to respect, they come to love God or not, in large part, as a result of, of the teaching and the modeling and what they see in their relationship with their parents. So the command for children to obey their parents flows out of an honoring of mom and dad's God-given authority and role. And thus, in turn, it is, it is obeying and honoring to God as our Father. So, so Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's right. It's, it's inherently and naturally right. Since the beginning of time, virtually all societies have recognized the importance of, of parental authority to a stable and thriving community. Study after study has proven this to be true. And no matter how man seeks to deny or, or change that truth, there is no substitute for a child being raised under the loving authority and care of a, a dad and mom in the home. Now, it's not always possible. And it often doesn't happen that way, but it's always best. But not only is it inherently right, it's also morally right. In the Old Testament, the failure of a child, listen to this, the failure of a child to obey and respect parents yielded serious consequences. As God expands upon the law in Exodus 21, following the revelation of His Ten Commandments, He said, whoever cursed or struck their parents were to be put to death. Kids, don't complain about your parents being too strict. God takes honoring parents seriously. And over and over in the book of Proverbs, God calls young people to obey their parents' instruction and listen to their commands, highlighting the benefit and blessing of doing so, as we read in Proverbs 4, while also warning against the danger and sorrow that befalls those who fail to do so. And if you think about it, this is modeled by our Savior, isn't it? Jesus, God's own Son, heeded this wisdom by being obedient to His earthly parents as a child. Later on in Matthew 15, he took the Pharisees to task for creating elaborate religious excuses for not caring for their parents in their elderly years. And of course, we see Jesus living out this command even during his greatest hour of pain when from the cross he, he lovingly commits his mother, Mary, into the care of his 
beloved disciple. Children are to obey and honor their parents because as God's divinely appointed authority over them, it is the right thing to do. But God says it's not only right, it's also a blessing. It holds a promise of God's blessing in our lives. And pointing to the second commandment, Paul calls it the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Now notice, this, this is a promise, not a threat. We're not to honor our parents out of a, a selfish fear of God, what God will do if we don't, but rather out of an eager, eager desire to, to receive and experience God's blessings and grace as we do. Now, this is not a, a universal promise that every individual who honors their parents will never have problems and will live to be 90 or 100 years old. Plenty of people who have honored their parents have lived difficult lives and died young. However, God here is attaching this, this significance to this command and relating it to the, the blessings that are inherent, even in honoring and obeying Him as our ultimate authority. He is stating a general truth here that both, both individuals as well as corporate societies that honor and respect their parents and their authority usually enjoy more stable, more prosperous, more peaceful, fruitful lives. God's promise is that, that there is overall blessing and there is spiritual well-being in a, in a child's honoring and obeying his parents and the Lord. So we can see that the command for us to obey and honor our parents is, a, is an enduring command. It's one that's important for both young children as well as for mature adults. And so what does that look like? Well, for the child still under the authority of his or her parents in the home, the application is fairly simple. Again, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. Boys and girls, God makes it very clear here what your overall responsible responsibility is. Obey your parents. In submitting to and obeying their authority, you are honoring and respecting not only your parents, but you are demonstrating your honor and your love for God the Father and for Jesus Himself. If you say you love God, but you don't honor and obey your parents, you're not speaking the truth. Jesus told us that our love for Him would be demonstrated in our obeying His commands. And that obedience, that obedience isn't just for an outward behavior, but it's also an inward heart attitude of honor and respect. Now, believe me, boys and girls, I know that is not easy. <laughs> I know it's not easy. Particularly in today's world, just about everything you probably read or hear or watch is encouraging you as children to pursue and express perhaps your freedom from your parents' authority. And as a result, you might think it's really cool to challenge and go against your parents' authority. You might think it's, it's your right to do whatever you want and that you or, or your friends actually know better than your parents as to what is best for you. But please hear me. It is neither cool nor natural to go against the wisdom and the loving authority of your Savior and your King and your God 
and the authority that He has given to you in your parents. To do so is called rebellion and it never, ever, ever turns out good. And I realize that part of maturity and growing as a young person is being to take more and more responsibility and exercise more freedom as you move towards adulthood. And that is a good thing. But the word obey here literally means to listen under. And so children, you obey your parents when you you are listening and you are learning from their guidance and under their, their authority. When you are seeking to understand and do what is right and what is best as they lead you. God has given you a wonderful blessing in your mom and dad. Don't take loving you and caring for you and nurturing you, planning you and teaching and training you, even as your heavenly father does those things. Your parents overall have your best interests at heart. Now, they are not perfect. I shouldn't have to tell you that. And they will make mistakes. You probably already know that. But most of us would not be here today if our parents hadn't given us some guidance, some direction, some rules for our safety and protection and some important lessons for our learning. And most of us who are older now can look back on some of the things that we thought our parents were crazy about and realize they actually knew better what they were talking about at the time. Now that obedience is not unconditional and absolute. Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. In other words, we're not to put our parents' authority in the place of God's authority. If our parents seek to lead us into sin or to guide us along a path that is contrary to God's Word or His authority in our lives, then once again, as we've seen in in other relationships, we are to obey God's authority over man's. Our obedience to Christ supersedes obedience to our parents. And so children, if, if parents or really any adult ask you to do something that you know is clearly wrong in God's eyes. You are right to say no. And we need not obey our parents when they might cause us or lead us into sin. But children should honor and respect and obey even unbelieving parents as far as their guidance is not contrary to God's Word and will. So let me just say this to the young people here again. Even though you may not always understand why. Even though you may not always like what your parents ask you to do or the consequences that they have for various things. Even though it may mean going against the grain of what other kids are doing or it may run the risk of being labeled uncool. Honoring your parents and obeying them will ultimately bring you greater joy, ultimately bring you greater blessing than you could ever imagine. God promises that. But honoring our parents doesn't stop when we reach adulthood and move away from home. And the the expression of that honor in the form of obedience may change as as we reach a certain age or a life stage, but the command is still there. And when we're older, it takes on different forms, primarily the form of respect. 
Now, some of you are thinking here, there is nothing worthy of respect in my mom or my dad. Let me warn here against a couple of misinterpretations of this command regarding parents and children. First, honoring our parents doesn't mean we have to think they did a good job or agree with the way that they raised us. It's very easy to say we had sorry parents who don't deserve any honor or respect. And indeed, that may very well be true. But this command is not conditional. And you can show respect to your parents without condoning or agreeing with their actions as parents. And also, honoring our parents doesn't mean we necessarily feel love towards them. For some of you, your parents may never have shown you affection. May never have shown you love when you were growing up. And in some cases, they may even have shown hostility or been abusive. Again, God does not accept or excuse such behavior on the part of parents. And He will hold parents accountable, as we will see as we look at the latter half of this verse next week. But the gospel of grace is built upon the reality that love is possible even when it is not deserved or when we do not feel it. If we believe that Jesus loved us and He died for us, even when we were hostile towards Him, then we can see that honoring our parents doesn't depend on how we feel towards them. And lastly, honoring our parents does not mean idolizing them. Parents are human. Parents are sinners. We need to be careful that our allegiance to them is not greater than our allegiance to, to God Himself. Jesus Himself said there are times when following Him may mean breaking off our allegiance to our parents. Particularly if they are hostile towards or, or seek to prevent us in the faith. And so Satan would love to distort this command by making you resentful and saying, I don't need to honor my parents because of the way they treated me. Or by making you feel guilty and say, how can I possibly honor them when I feel this way about them? Or by making you fearful and say, I want to follow Christ, but I'm afraid what my, my parents will think. The grace of God transcends and it frees us from this kind of conditional obedience to honor our father and mother and enables us to honor them as we seek to honor God. So how do we do that even as adult children honoring our father and mother? Well, let me just give a couple of practical ways. First, we can honor them in the way we speak to them and about them. Now, I realize as a parent that the way my kids respond to me is often a reflection of the way in which I have responded to them or to others around me. I remember one time going out and just raking one of my sons across the coals for his anger. And I did it with the utmost anger I could raise. And he just looked at me and kind of shook his head and said, this doesn't, this doesn't compute here. We may have differences with our parents or we may have issues as adults that we need to address with them, but we honor them by, by speaking to them with kindness and respect. And we show respect by using words and tones that reflect our respect for their authority in our lives. Even if that authority is no longer directly over us. We have a way of, of majoring on the faults of our parents and quickly forgetting all the time, energy, and effort that they have invested in our lives. We often have an arsenal of ammunition to use against them by speaking negatively to them or about them to others. Again, I'm not suggesting that, that, 
that we overlook or sweep under the rug different struggles and problems we may have had or that we remain silent on important things that need to be addressed. But how we do that with a respectful, kind, humble attitude and words in a way is a way of, of honoring them, of respecting them as our parents. And we honor our parents by forgiving them just as God has forgiven us. Again, parents are not perfect. We know that. And no one sees and experiences the faults and the sins of mom and dad like our own children. Some here have experienced great pain and perhaps continue to suffer because of the sins of your parents. We should not deny or ignore that those sins exist, but as far as it is up to us, we should seek to reconcile. We should, we should pursue forgiveness. So we honor our parents by how we speak and, and, and refer to them and how we forgive them. We also honor our parents by appreciating them and their wisdom. Parents have been through many things, many of the same things that we go through as adults. And sometimes we don't realize the wisdom and the experience they have had because we never asked them or talked to them about it. And children, hear this. Your parents actually do know a lot of things. <laughs> and they actually have experienced a lot of things. And one day you'll, you'll come back and you'll go, wow, they really got smart all of a sudden. I remember even as an adult, when I would make a big decision or have questions about something, I would often just call my dad and ask him what he thought. I didn't always listen to his advice. I didn't always follow what he said, but it was helpful just to, to hear what he said. And often in counseling, I will ask people, what do your parents think? Have you talked to them about this? Sometimes that may not be appropriate. Sometimes your parents won't, have, won't be the best person to go to for advice. But more often than not, they may have something to say that will be helpful. And so we honor our parents by appreciating them and their wisdom. We honor our parents by teaching our own children to love and to honor them as well. It's not always possible to provide our children with opportunities for them to develop relationships with their grandparents. But where it is, the blessings can be great. And I realize grandparents are not always the best influence on our children. And as a, a young grandparent, I'm starting to realize that with my own grandchildren. We want to spoil them. We want to, we want to give them everything. And sometimes that's not helpful to parents. I know that. But believe me, our children watch closely how we treat our own parents and it will set patterns for them in raising their own children and how they treat us. And we honor our parents by caring for them both emotionally and physically as they age and grow older. And there are a number of us here in this congregation who are experiencing this even now. Caring for aging parents. And it's a difficult journey. It's a huge commitment of time and energy and resources. Depending on the circumstances, it may take many different forms, but it's a blessing. It has been such a blessing for me to see many of you caring dearly for your, your elderly parents. It's a sacrifice and a privilege that will be rewarded and honored greatly by God. Again, it may look like different things in different situations and it takes great wisdom and, and prayer in how that happens, but it's a call that God has given us. 
And lastly, we honor our parents by walking closely with God in our own lives. Our parents may not appreciate this fully. They may not share our love for Christ. But I am convinced that God can and will use the faith and the witness of our own lives to demonstrate the love of Christ to our parents. Proverbs 23, 24 says, The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. And I pray that that's, that's the crowning joy of my ministry as a, as a father, that, that my sons will know and love Jesus. And I know that's a prayer of, of many parents here, that our children will grow to know and to love the Lord. And so as we seek to live out that love and that grace and that forgiveness of Christ in our own relationship with our own parents, that same love, that same grace and forgiveness can have a great impact on their lives as well. Well, where do we find the ability to honor our parents? And I know that there are all kinds of different situations here. As children, we all look for love and acceptance and protection and provision. And we usually look first to our earthly parents. But unfortunately, many people never receive that. And none of us ever receive it perfectly from our parents. We expect, we want, we long for perfect parents, but we never ever get them. And we will never ever be them. Where can we find the perfect parent, the one who is worthy of obedience and honor, the one who does love and accept and, and provide for us and watch over us in the perfect manner, who knows everything that is good for us and desires to give that and pour that out to us. Children, it's not in your earthly parents. It's in the one who is the perfect father in heaven. In order to be able to honor and obey and respect our parents as God calls us to, we have to, to stop looking at our parents for what only God can provide. And there are some of us here who are still trying to earn our parents' acceptance. And it won't come. There are some still trying to, to please your parents and you will never measure up. There are some still trying to, to receive and, and take in their parents' love and it just won't be given. But friends, there is one. There is a perfect Father in, the Lord, in, our, in our God in heaven in whom we can find all those things that we desire and it is our heavenly Father. God is the perfect Father. He, he demonstrated His love for us in that He sent His only Son to die for us while we were His enemies, while we were rebellious children. He sent His Son to sacrifice Himself that we might be called to Him and adopted as His children. That we might be welcomed back and lavished with His grace. In Christ, God sets His love on you. In Christ, you are accepted. In Christ, you are protected. In Christ, you are provided for. In Christ, you measure up to the highest standard because of what Jesus has done. Not because of what you have done or haven't done. And I don't care how terrible your parents were or are, Nothing they have done can take that away. Nothing that they have done can make that untrue of you. 
And when we understand that, then, then we can begin to see our own parents in a different light. We can see that, that they don't have to be perfect. And they aren't perfect. And we can obey their instructions. And we can forgive their sins. And we can reach out in love. And we can care for them in need. And we can honor them, not because they deserve it, but because our Heavenly Father says it's good and it's right. And He will bless us in that. We have to love and honor our Heavenly Father first before we can truly, really, really love and honor our parents as God calls us to. I mean, have you ever thought about Mary and Joseph as Jesus' earthly parents? Jesus was without sin, but Mary and Joseph were not. Did you ever think they lost their temper with Him? Probably. You ever think they asked him to do something that he really didn't want to do or didn't think was best? Probably. But Jesus was able to obey. He was able to honor and care for his earthly mother and father because he knew and loved and honored his heavenly father. Indeed, was one with him. And I realize we live in a world of broken families. None of us have perfect parents. None of us will be perfect parents. God can heal the hurts. He can break the cycle of, of sin and give us freedom from the bondage that broken parental relationships can cause in our lives. And He does that first by healing our broken relationship with Himself. By bringing us back to Him as our loving, perfect, heavenly Father. And then as we honor our parents through obedience and respect forgiving them where they have sinned, loving them even when they aren't lovable, caring for them in their need, He promises His blessing that it will go well with us, that we may live long in the land. Now, next week we're going to look at God's call to parents and what that means to be a parent who truly loves and, and cares for and provides for and instructs and disciplines our children, and why we do that. But today, let us ask ourselves, young and old, are we living as godly children by honoring our father and our mother? And where we're not, let's pray, let's ask God to do a work in us and in that relationship that we might know better how to do so. But mostly, let's look to God and His grace in Christ, to our perfect Heavenly Father, that He would enable us to live out the command to obey and to honor our fathers and our mothers. Let's pray together. Lord God, Your grace is sufficient in all things. And Lord, we confess, I confess, that as a child, I have many times not honored my father and mother. And that even as a parent, there are many times when I have not been worthy of the honor and respect of my own children. Lord, we confess that before you. We confess that as children, our desire is to go our own way. And we see that even in our relationship with you. And yet, Father, you love us. 
You have cared for us. You have provided for us and you have welcomed us because you gave your own son that we might be called sons and daughters. And so, Lord, I pray, I pray this morning that where there are struggling parents, where there are struggling children, and that probably includes every single one of us in many ways, that, Lord, you would remind us of the foundation upon which our hope is built, and that is your grace and your love for us in Christ Jesus. And then, Lord, that we might live that out. Lord, I pray for our young people, for children here, for children in our, in our communities and young people today to, to know the blessing, not only of, of having parents in the home who care for them and love for them, but the blessing it is to, to live under the guidance and the instruction. And Father, where that is, is not possible, where there is brokenness, where parents have neglected their duties or not present in the home, Lord, we pray that you would be a father to those children and you would help them to see and learn from you, that you would connect them with other believers who can, who can serve in that role of a loving father, spiritual father or mother to them. And Lord, would you do your work in our own hearts that we would be children who love and honor you first and foremost as the one true God, as the one perfect Father, as the one who has redeemed us and called us children. And that we would, in doing that, also know how to honor and love our parents well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.